0: Well, good morning, everybody. First night in your residence halls, everything good, no nightmares, nobody fell off the top bunk or anything like that. I did hear of one almost tragic uh, thing that happened to one student, but he's alive and he's here and we're, I'm just kidding, I mean, just being funny. But they stacked their bunks up so high that he bonked his head on the ceiling uh, and he wasn't, anyway, he's, he's good, he's good. This is a great day. And it represents a significant transition. Uh, First night in the residence halls. And for those of you that are uh, moms and dads, you're going to say goodbye to your son, your daughter. We know that some of you as students have, maybe moms and dads have already left yesterday, or maybe you traveled here all by yourself and your parents aren't here. But nonetheless, it's a transitional day and a lot of emotion and a lot of energy Uh, And I want to bring uh, your attention, especially this message is primarily for you as incoming freshmen, but there are applications to those of you as moms and dads as well, because the Christian life is such that we are always being challenged by God to step out in faith. And faith is always an uncomfortable place to be. Because faith is believing in things that we don't see, but we know they're there. We know God's there, but it's like we've got to step out again off of this ledge or off, you know, off a uh, sure footing. And, and this is one of those transitions for both moms and dads and for students. Uh, before I get into the message, I also want to say that this is, students, this is the only time when you will be gathering in this place on a Sunday morning. We have one church service every year, and it's this service that we have on uh, Super Saturday welcome weekend and and next Sunday and all the other Sundays uh, beyond that we're praying and encouraging you to find your place in one of our great churches many many wonderful churches in the Minneapolis Twin Cities area uh, and so many churches to pick from and but this is a special moment for us to be able to be together with faculty staff US students incoming freshmen transfer students and your moms and dads those that have brought you here Um, As I think about my own journey, as I maybe have mentioned in different settings, I'm a graduate of North Central University, and I didn't start my college uh, career coming to North Central. I went to another school that was uh, 1,800 miles away from where I grew up. I grew up, my wife and I grew up in northwest Montana, and I went to school in Missouri for uh, my first couple of college years, and that was a long way from home, and uh, it was exciting, but it was also like wow, how, am I gonna make it? Long way from home, and this was uh, long before cell phones and you know no-cost uh, long-distance phone calls. It was it was like I'm going a long way from home, and my mom and dad uh, took me to college. And I remember on that particular day, something similar to this, making our final goodbyes and, and saying goodbye to them. And I was pretty excited about it. I think my mom was more wrecked uh, than, than myself or my dad. But nonetheless, I know the experience. And then being a parent, as my wife Vicky last night talked about the fact we sent four kids to school here when we lived six and a half hours away from Uh, downtown Minneapolis and so four times we brought uh, children here and said goodbye and and gave our hugs and and uh, went away with our with our heart and our throat because of the the separation but knowing that this was in their best interest to be at North Central and to be away and to learn their independence and be on their way into adulthood and so it was it was exciting so this is this is a great day It's a fun day it's an exciting day but it's not without um, I think a normal Emotion, and as I address you as, as incoming students, I think that all of you are feeling something very common. Not just half of you and not just some of you, not even just 99% of you. I think all of you as incoming students here at North Central are experiencing the same thing. It's, it's something that for some of you, it's exciting you. It's causing something to rise up inside of you because you love adventure, you love new experiences. For some of you, it might be the feeling of intimidation Um, because it's a new experience, not sure what lies ahead, all the details have not been ironed out, wondering if you have what it takes to, you know, to earn a college credit, and wondering about the finances and all that, so there's a little bit of intimidation. Uh, And even for some of you, uh, it might be that you are possibly maybe thinking like, should, should I be here? Maybe some second thoughts. Maybe you woke up, your mom and dad aren't here, and you're wondering, is this really where I'm supposed to be? And so the issue that I'm talking about this morning is the subject, and you can see it on the screen behind me. I have a picture that conveys this topic that I want to uh, talk about, and, and you see behind me on the screen this, this road, this this road to nowhere, seemingly nowhere, it's dark, it's windy, you don't know if it's going north, south, east, or west. It's a, it's a road, it's a pathway, and for all of you, this represents north central for you. It's a, it's a pathway to move forward on. And you're not sure exactly where it's going. There's kind of a darkness in the sense that you don't know all that lies in the future. You haven't had your first college class yet. You're going to experience that on Wednesday, most of you on Thursday. And you're wondering, what is this going to be all about? You haven't met all of your, maybe you haven't met your roommate yet because it's an upperclassman and they're not here yet. They're coming tomorrow and they're coming on Tuesday or suite mates. And so you haven't met everybody yet. Maybe you're here as an athlete and you've been in training and you are practicing in your fall sport and you've had a scrimmage in soccer and maybe you've been, you know, doing some uh, inner uh, uh, scrimmage play on the volleyball court or you've been running with your cross-country team members. But you haven't had your first meet. You haven't had your first reel of game yet. So the future is, is kind of unknown. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning, this topic of the unknown. And I want to title this talk called Embracing the Unknown. And you might be saying, like, what have I gotten myself into? The unknown is something that lies ahead of us that we don't know quite sure what it's going to be all about. It might be something that, Maybe you have some awareness of, you've done some research, you've researched about North Central. Maybe you have an older brother or sister or an uncle or parents that went to school here at North Central. Uh, But it's kind of an unknown. You've done a little bit of research, but now you're experiencing it for the very first time. People react to the unknown in a number of different ways. Some people are energized by it, uh, extroverts, adventure-oriented people, people that love risk. The unknown actually stimulates energy inside of you, and you say, let's go, let's do this thing. Others of you are more cautious about the unknown, and that's okay. Some of you might uh, be apprehensive about the unknown. There are those who experience worry and anxiety and, and maybe even a little bit of fear about the unknown. And here's the good news about all of those negative feelings that you might be having after having your first sleep here at North Central University. It's human to have any of these reactions to the unknown that lies ahead, especially if it's negative. Like I'm not sure. Like I've got a little bit of fear. I'm a little bit intimidated. In fact, if you if you don't have a, a like a guttural reaction whether really exciting or a little bit of fearful, if you don't have any one of those, it, it it's, it's like, where is your soul? See, the human soul is such that inside of our human frame, our soul gets triggered when we are led to uncharted territory, to go into some space or place that we've never been before. There's something inside of us that says it's unknown, and it, it energizes us positively, or it creates a, an apprehension. It's the human soul, the the emotion part of our being that can get jacked up when we know we've got to step off the ledge into that unknown, and we're not sure what's going to happen because it's a new experience for us. I guess what I'm trying to say in this message is that if you are at all, students, wrestling with a little bit of fear or anxiety of what lies ahead, I just say, join the club, Because I am a first year interim president at North Central University. It's like a freshman year in this role that I'm gonna be playing in this season before the Board of Regents selects a permanent president. So I'm I'm doing stuff that's new as well. And it's not without some of those same emotions that many of you are dealing with. So it brings me to the title of the message this morning, which is Embracing the Unknown. It's critical that we learn how to handle that which scares us, that which causes us some fear or anxiety. We learn how to lean into that which is unknown because it's a universal experience. All your life you're going to be stepping into things that are new. You've already been stepping into things that are new in your first 18, 19, however old you are, all the years of your life. Your parents have been giving you opportunities to do new things, to try new adventures, to join this club and to do this or that. And you've gone up to your parents and say, hey, mom and dad, do I have permission to climb that fence over there? And and maybe your parents said, well, put a helmet on first, but go for it. (laughs) You know, you've been trained to step into things that maybe you might fail in, because failure is not fatal. Failure can often be one of life's greatest institutions of learning. But the fear of doing something new is very, very real. But doing things that are new and scary is is a transformative experience. It has the potential of changing you. It has the ability to draw out potential that's inside of you that you didn't even know you had. But in order for that to be drawn out of you, you have to engage in something that is perhaps over your head or at least stepping into something that you're a little bit afraid of. See, faith is the Christian journey. And the journey of faith is always a journey into things that are unknown. And so that means that the journey into the unknown isn't optional. Listen, experiencing the unknown is not just for like heroic pioneer type people that we we read about in our American history books or in world history. People like Neil Armstrong being shot up into orbit with his uh, two other partners, but he gets to be the pers- first one putting his foot on the, on the moon. I mean, that was an unknown thing. That was a risk. Ernest Shackleton, you know, traversing the, you know, the, the, the deepest parts of the Antarctic. And it was a risk, a very much of a risk. Experiencing the unknown is for every believer who is on a personal relationship with Jesus because Jesus wants to get the most out of our life. And he wants to show up big with the most of what he can do in our lives. When we've done everything that we know that we can and we've exhausted our own potential and we realize there's a gap, it's then that God steps in and fills that gap. But you'll never experience that unless you step into the unknown. And this is why it's so important. The experience of facing the unknown is not defined by an occasional, you know, once-in-a-lifetime challenge. The experience of having to face something unknown is the normal grind of the Christian life. So, get used to it. Learn how to lean into it. Learn how to embrace it. Learn how to make something that's unknown that you know God is pushing you toward. Learn to make a friend with those feelings. Now, before I give you some tips on how to embrace the unknown, we need to look at what it might have been had the following people not embraced the unknown. I'm going to take you into the Bible. Let's talk about Abraham for a moment. The Bible says about Abraham, way back in Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord God said to Abram, go from your country, your people, go from your father's household to the land I will show you. And that's all God told him at that moment. And Abram had a decision to make. Am I going to embrace the unknown? Am I going to do what might be scary? Am I going to step into something that I don't have a lot of details about? You see, Abraham's unknown certainly was insecurity. God appeared to him without any gradual approach. It's like God simply said, hey, dude, I see something in your life that I can work with, and I need someone in whom I can build a nation, in whom I can birth my my people. And I need one person, and I see something inside of you. That's what God is saying to each of you as students. God has picked you. He's, he's been watching you. He's been, he's been anointing your moms and dads and caretakers to, to, to steward you and to care for you. He's been anointing your pastors and your youth pastors to be pouring into you. And God has seen something in you. Even before you were in your mother's womb, as God says to Jeremiah, I knew you, and I have something for you to do. And so God calls Abram like out of the blue. And he tells him, I want you to leave, and I want you to go, and where I'm sending you is going to be a long way from home. Some of you this morning have never been to Minnesota. Some of you, maybe in outstate rural areas, have never been maybe to the big city of Minneapolis. It's kind of new. And um, you're a long way from home. Some of you live locally. Though the miles are not long, you're going to be in a new environment, new experiences. This was Abraham's unknown, and it's exactly what many of you are saying. Think for a moment. If Abram had said to God, "Um, no, God, I think I'm going to stay right where I'm at. I'm really comfortable. I love my family. My family needs me, and I don't want to go somewhere I've never been before. So if you can't give me any more details, I think I'm out. But Abram didn't do that. He obeyed God. Think of Moses. Moses. Let me read a lengthy passage here in chapter 3, and it'll lead up to a passage you're familiar with. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the, flame, in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it was not burning up, and so he thought, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why doesn't the bush burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground, Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them. And in verse 10, here's what God says to Moses. I have come down to rescue them. That's why I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? See, it was an unknown. Like, un, are you kidding me, God? What, what could I do? You can't, me? No way. And God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Moses' unknown was an absolute sense of intimidation, like, God, you have to be kidding me. I know who Pharaoh is. I know how the system works. I tried, to, I tried to do what's right, and I did some wrong things, and I had to flee, and I don't want to go back there because Pharaoh will probably kill me. And God responds with the classic, almost common answer, anytime we're afraid to step into our unknown. Here's what God will always say to you. Okay? You know that your program demands that you take a really difficult 400-level class at some point in your, in your academic career. You don't want to take it because you're afraid. You don't think you have the ability to pass that class. Or you take an internship, and in that internship, you've got to do stuff that you've never done before, and you're scared and you're afraid. Here's what God will say to you. Every time you're facing an unknown, He's saying it to you right now this morning as you begin your college journey. He's saying, I will be with you. I will be with you. I'm behind all of this orchestration that brings you to this place and all through your four years when you have to face things that are difficult and hard and impossible and maybe it's a financial issue. How do I pay my bill? I don't know. My back's against the wall. God will always say and you will be reminded every day in chapel, God will be saying by his spirit, I am with you. I am with you. Where the Spirit guides you, He will provide for you, and He will always be with you. Think of it this way. The reason God shows up so mysteriously and miraculously to Moses in this bush that's on fire but not burning up is because there was a people that were in bondage who needed a deliverer. And God said, I'm going to deliver you, and I know who the person is that I'm going to use to bring you out of your slavery. It's this guy, Moses. Now listen, there are people in our world today that are suffering. There are pockets of suffering all over our globe. They're in the business world. They're in The academic school systems there in whatever field you feel called to, there are people right now that are hurting and God sees that they're hurting and he's preparing you to go and deliver them through the witness of Christ that you'll provide in how you do what you do to the glory of God. Obviously, those of you that have a pastoral call or a missions call, you know that's exactly why you're here, because God's called you to people who are lost and dying and far from Jesus. But for all of you, here's what we believe at North Central University, all of our students are going into full-time ministry. Not necessarily vocational ministry, But all of our students are coming here to get this great education in this spiritually charged environment because you know that you're called not just to build a career and make a bunch of money for yourself. You're meant to go into some profession to take the kingdom of God, a slice of heaven, bring it to earth, through that which you are going to be trained and prepared to do. That's what your diploma at North Central will give to you. And that's what every day in this chapel, in this sanctuary, as God pours into you this vision to do something for God, it's because there are people who need the light of the gospel, and it'll come through you. Joseph is another individual. Genesis 39, look at this verse. When Joseph's master heard the story, his wife told him saying, this is how your slave treated me. And if you're familiar with the story of Joseph, he's a a young man who loves God, but he finds himself in a very difficult situation. His brothers sell him into slavery because they're jealous of him. And he does everything right. Everywhere he goes, God favors him. And then he's working for a guy by the name of Potiphar. He's, He's like his you know, right-hand man to Potiphar. Potiphar trusts him with everything, and one day Potiphar is not around, and Potiphar's wife goes after him sexually and tries to seduce this young man, and Joseph does the right thing, the godly thing. He says, how could I sin against God? My master has given me charge of everything in his household except you, and I'm not going to do anything with you, and she's offended, and she tells a lie to her husband that this slave tried to do bad things to me. And so he's thrown in prison again. But notice what it says in verse 21. The Lord was with Joseph. See, the unknown in Joseph's life was the unknown of injustice. Okay, Like, what in the world is going on? You might face some aspects of injustice in the sense that You might not be treated the way you thought you should be treated. You might not get a grade that you thought you earned, that you deserve, and and all of these kinds of things. And there might be some relationship hiccups with your roommate and your floor mates and navigating human conflict. And and there might be times where just, I thought I did everything right, and, and I'm still kind of on the short end of the stick. That's where Joseph was. What if Joseph had chosen not to embrace the unknown and just say, Lord, I've been doing everything right. Nobody would know if I had this uh, liaison with Potiphar's wife. There's no one around. I've been doing everything right, and then I... But he stays faithful. He stays faithful, and God uses him powerfully. We have Joshua, Joshua chapter 1-1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you... And all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. What was, what was Joshua's unknown? It was, the, it was impossibility. Impossibility. The impossibility nature of crossing the Jordan River at flood stage. The impossibility of, of, of taking the first city, which is this city that has these giant walls around it. Yet God shows up. He does the miracle and gets them across the Jordan River, and and they obey, and and the walls come tumbling down. The impossibility of driving out all of those pagan nations. But God showed up, and God will show up for you. And He'll get you across that river. He He will cause those walls to tumble, He will help you to move forward conquering the land that God has destined for you and the calling that's on your life. And then lastly, David. David, <clears throat> notice what it says in 1 Samuel sixteen thirteen. Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed David. He's the youngest of all the brothers. And he does it in the presence of all the brothers. And from that day on, from that very day, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. I, I, something I don't think we really recognize. The, the moment David is anointed by the prophet... The Holy Spirit's power and anointing came upon him. Yeah. And if you read closely, it's not like the next chapter he goes and kills Goliath. There's a parenthesis. There's a parenthesis. He's anointed with power, and like any young man who's got some energy and some vigor, hey, I'm ready. God, use me. You know, King Saul, use me. I'll, I'm ready. And what does he They don't give him an assignment. And and dad says, I don't care if you're anointed or not. Get back on that hillside. Take care of our sheep. Get back to work, boy. And that's exactly what he does. And there's a parenthesis of time. But in that parenthesis of time, God is preparing David. These next four years is a parenthesis of time in your life where God is preparing you. Where God is preparing you. And you might wonder, why do I gotta take this class? This class has nothing to do with what I wanna do with my life. It's a general ed class, science or math or whatever it is. Just know, it, it, it got, it, it, it's all part of the process of you maturing and growing and learning and functioning because God has something important for you to do that you're not quite ready yet. So I'd encourage you, lean into the unknown of your inexperience and let God do what He's going to do in these four years. Believe me, during these four years, you're going to have opportunity to start doing it. You're going to get an internship. Some of you that are, have a future in working in the church or in the mission field, you're going, to, you're going to get involved. You're going to be able to start doing ministry in a local church. It's going to be awesome. But don't take the bait thinking, oh, this is awesome, incredible. I want to do this full-time now and not finish my degree. Don't do that. No, no, no. God brought you here to work through the process so that you can walk across a stage like this in four years and you got your diploma. And it's not so much the diploma. It's what it took to get the diploma that will be what God uses to take you where you thought you could never get to. So as I wrap it up, what's the one thing that you should do regarding the unknown that lies ahead? The word is embrace. Just embrace it. The unknown of insecurity will produce faith in you. Abraham is known as the father of faith. Every time you step into something that's unknown, but you do it by faith, your faith will grow like a muscle. Embrace the unknown of what intimidates you what scares you, because as a result, it will produce leadership in you. Moses becomes the preeminent leader of the Old Testament uh, alongside David. These two guys are rocks of leadership because they stepped into what was intimidating to them. In the unknown of injustice, do the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. Even though it's hard and difficult, it will produce integrity inside of you. And when you have integrity, wholeness, you will become a force to be reckoned with because the righteous, God will raise up the righteous, not with self-righteousness, but those who have the integrity that I will always do what's right Even when it's hard, God will lift you up in due time. The unknown of impossibility, what does it produce? It produces miracles. Joshua steps into it and God fills the gap with miracles. And then the unknown of inexperience, being faithful, it'll produce resilience inside of you. Final passage, Psalm 78, 70, and 72, says this about David that God chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded that nation with integrity of heart, and with skillful hands, he led them. That's what God is going to do through your life. So there's there's five words up there. Insecurity, intimidation, injustice, impossibility, and inexperience. Which one are you wrestling with? Which one are you wrestling with? Jeff, if you come to the piano, I think what I'd like to do is this. I'd like to have all of our students come on up to the front. Would you just stand, students, and just come right on up here to the front and spread out across the altar area. As we close this service, I want the Holy Spirit to help you with whatever concept that you might be wrestling with the most. Insecurity, intimidation, injustice, impossibility, inactivity, or inexperience. One of those. I want you to close your eyes, and, 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 and guys, come on up. Come up a little closer, because we're going to have moms and dads come behind you. But all the students, just come on up and spread out. we got some upperclassmen as well. Great, great, great. Awesome. Those of you that are student leaders, I want you to take the position of leaders and I want you to kind of work your way. I want you to put your hands on the, these, the freshman students here related to what they're moving into. Moms and dads, uh, we, we packed up the sanctuary, but let's, let's all stand. Everybody stand. And would you as moms and dads just kind of come as close as you can to the altar area. You might not be able to get to your son or your daughter. But would you just come on up here and if we could just corporately, corporately pray over this new class, freshman class. And as we put our hands on a student that's in front of us, if you can make your way up, maybe you can find your son or daughter, student leaders, faculty and staff, come on up here. Let's let's pray that God is going to raise up the next generation of Abrahams. You are the next generation of Davids, the next generation of Moses, next generation Joshuas. And and the list is, is prolific. Next generation of Deborahs and Esthers. Next generation of all these incredible leaders that we find in the Bible. You are that next generation. So if you're dealing with anything that's Insecurity, intimidation, injustice, impossibility, inactivity. Just mention it to the Lord. Let's take it to the Lord. Close your eyes. Lord, we pray right now in Jesus' name. You are raising up a new generation to solve problems, to heal hurts, To be a force, a generational force that transforms this world that desperately needs Jesus. Some of these brand new students are going to be on the mission field one day. Some of these students are going to be in local churches. Some of these students are going to be building businesses. Some of these students are gonna be in kindergarten classes, first grade classes, sixth grade classes. Some of these students are gonna be coaching football teams, basketball teams, hockey teams, volleyball. Some of these students are gonna be working in digital media, music production. Some of these students are gonna be using their their voice in singing. Some of them are gonna be using their talents in playing an instrument. Some of these students are going to become creative writers. They're going to write novels. They're going to write books. They're going to they're going to become people who through pen and paper will communicate messages that will change the world. And so we speak against intimidation right now. Whatever's intimidating them. We speak against any insecurity that maybe they felt waking up this morning. Come against that in Jesus' name. We ask, Lord, that whatever negative force that is causing them to be a little unsettled, help them not to run from it. Help them to understand that this is the human experience of walking in faith and they don't have to do it alone. They will not walk alone at North Central as they face their challenges. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.